Forgive all our iniquity and accept what is good so that we may repay you with praise from our lips. Assyria will not save us and we will not ride on horses and we will no longer proclaim our gods to the work of our hands for the fatherless receives compassion in only you. I will heal their apostasy. I will freely love them for my anger will have turned from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily. And take root like the cedars of Lebanon. His new branches will spread. His splendor will be like the olive tree. His fragrance like the forest of Lebanon. The people will return and live beneath His shade. They will grow grain and blossom like the vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, why should I have anything more to do with idols? It is I who answer and watch over him. I am like a flourishing pine tree. Your fruit comes from me. Let whoever is wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right. And righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father. God, today we look at your text. We look at what you're saying in this story of Hosea. This story of of repentance and restoration. Lord God, you have been in the redemption business all along. And now you restore and redeem us when we call upon you. And you allow us to join you in the mission. To help others be restored and redeemed as well. We love you. Teach us today through your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's focus on Hosea 14.9 quickly. And we know uh, these are the prophets and these are the prophecies and these are the things that the Lord is saying to the Israelites. But I want you to personalize this thought today. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. This is a simple preface. This is a simple introduction to this message today. The simple introduction is, there are things all over us, all around us, all in our culture and world that are trying to distract us from the main thing. There are things that we listen to. There are things that we watch. There are things that even come out of our mouths, our family's mouths, our friends and neighbors. There are distractions all around us. There are things that we pay for. There are things that we trade for. That are pulling us off the main thing. And I want to tell you something, family. I want to tell you something, believer in Christ Jesus. It's okay for you to be different. It's okay for your value system to look different than the value system of the world. 
It's okay for your worldview to be different and for for those that you literally work with not to understand how how or why you see things and do things the way you do. It's okay. It's not okay to leave it that way. We need to do all we can to help the lost and dying world see from the biblical perspective See from the worldly perspective. I'm sorry, not see from the worldly perspective, but see from God's perspective. What I mean by this is that our neighbors, friends, family, members that do not follow Christ Jesus all need restoration and redemption. Do you remember the words that were preached last week? The words that said, on that great and terrible day of Christ's return. It's a great day for us who believe. It's a terrible day for those who don't. We get to be a part of that story. That Listen, traditionally in churches, you might have somebody that would say, oh, well, we can't have all this in the church. And we, listen to me, church. The reason this is all here is so that we can speak the language of children this week. We're trying to clearly communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. This story. To children this week, so that we can help restore, redeem, and see them come to Christ Jesus for the rest of eternity. That is the why we do these things. We are on mission with God. Are you on mission with God? Or, you just come to church. You just bring your Bible. You just bring your notebook. You just write down notes. Check off that you've been to church today. Or are you in mission with God? Listen to what the first thing says. The first thing says this in verse 19a. Let those who are wise understand these things. Wisdom brings understanding. The wisdom of God brings understanding. John Piper, pastor, teacher, author, said this. The wisdom of God devised a way for the love of God to deliver sinners from the wrath of God while not compromising the righteousness of God. That is an incredible sentence of truth that starts, begins with the wisdom of God. God is obviously the wisest that's ever been and will be. He knows all. He's in all. He's through all. There will never be anything God does not understand. The wise we have in life, the problem with the wise, instead of living a life of faith, by the way, a life of faith means sometimes you will not know the why. Living a life of faith sometimes says that you literally trust God so much that you don't have to know the why. You know the who. Wisdom brings understanding when we walk in the truth 
and the wisdom of God. I believe that sometimes we've made being a Christian so complicated that we forget to just turn to Scripture, sit quietly, breathe for a moment, and let the wisdom of God soak into our lives. You've all been there and you know what I'm talking about. You've all been at that crossroads. You've all been at that crisis of belief moment. Whether it was in a job or maybe, maybe you were purchasing something. Maybe you were talking with someone. Maybe you were trying to figure something out by yourself. And you were at that crisis of belief. Of walking in wisdom and truth. Or walking in self and sin. And crossing a line of not being a person of wisdom Not being a person of integrity. You might have gone along with that joke. You know what I mean? It's easier to just kind of nod your head than really say, you know, I really don't appreciate this. I'm going to have to just kind of step out of this combo. You just kind of went along with it. You just kind of, you just kind of, instead of the the wisdom of God, you kind of went with the wisdom of the flesh and the world and you just kind of, ha ha ha. How do I know that? (laughs) I think been there, done that is the reason I know that. We've all done it. We've all crossed that line. But what God is saying to us is wisdom brings understanding. It's the beginning of understanding who God is, is following His wisdom. The good news for us is He's not trying to hide it from us. He is not trying to hide His wisdom at all. If you need, if, if you think, and I'm just, this is really, really practical. You can leave with this thing. If you think that, man, I, I need some more wisdom in my life. I'm, I've kind of, Seen some bad decisions come out in the flesh, and I need to, I needed some wisdom. Listen to me. Proverbs, full of wisdom. Take it for your quiet time for months on end and learn from it from what God says. Wisdom brings understanding. It says, let those with discernment listen carefully. It didn't say let those with discernment tell everybody else what they're doing wrong. Right? Because that's what we think our job is. That's what we think our job is, that we're the right and wrong police all of a sudden because we have a little wisdom and discernment. Listen, it's like we said Wednesday night in the Bible study. If you do this, I just want you all to know I'm really humble. You're probably not. Right? If you go around throwing out your wisdom and your discernment and your genius to everybody, you're probably not as wise and discerning as you think you are. Literally, Scripture says, let those with discernment listen carefully. I told you a couple of weeks ago that God has been kind of giving me, um, even, even last week in Wednesday night, I said that the Lord's given me some moments that I have seen myself stop talking. Like not say what I want to say because I'm trying to practice His wisdom. And so I back up to myself And I wait and I find out that what I was going to say was really bad advice. Because I didn't continue to listen to the whole and see what was really going on. Discernment is proven by listening. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, 
says that discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. Able to see what's out there that's, that's blurry, that's not so clear, and you're able to see that. Church, how can you see that? How can you discern something without listening to God's wisdom? In a Christian worldview, you might say it this way. It's the perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtain spiritual guidance and understanding. Don't you see that in this prophecy, in this word of Hosea, there is a, they, there's a both and going on here? We need wisdom and discernment. And I think there's an attitude that we need to be walking in. That we're not just haughty and prideful and arrogant in our spiritual growth. Because it's kind of that story of taking two steps forward and three steps back. Like you're losing ground if you do that. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard because you want to help people so badly that you just, I know what you want to do. You want to tell them they're wrong. Just straight up, you are so wrong. And look, there's a time and a place for the, the bold conversation. But during this wisdom process where you and I are gaining wisdom and learning how to discern things, it's more important at the beginning for us to listen. Hear what God is saying. Hear sometimes the story that you're hearing from others. You may learn the whys. You may learn what's going on. You may learn way more information that will help you when you're able to sit and say, okay, this is the way that you need to go. This is the guidance that you need. This is the encouragement that you need. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. And in verse 29 it says, The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. The righteous live by walking in the paths of the Lord. Just a question. Does anybody enjoy hiking? Does anybody like being out in the woods? Let me see your hands. Keep them up high. Good. Cool. Get out there. Enjoy it. God created nature for us to enjoy, by the way. So get out there. Have fun. So if you like to hike and you're on your trail and you're doing your thing, has anybody ever, be honest, have you ever gotten lost? Let me see those hands. Come on. You, like, okay, okay, out of all those people... Has anybody ever got really lost? Like you're scared lost? Ricky, we've talked about this before. It's no fun, is it? When you get really lost, it's no fun. Well, I was a youth minister for a long time. And one of the things that I was when I was a youth minister, there were moments in time, I don't know if you can believe this or not, where I thought I knew a little bit more than I knew. You know what I mean? Like I thought I knew just a little bit more than I knew and when you're, when you're hiking and you're leading a group of about 30, you need to know where you're going. Right? Here's good news. We got to the top of the mountain where we were camping out. That was good news. You know what happens when you get to the top, though, right? You got to come back down. At some point, you got to come back down. You're leading a group of teenagers, and, and you got to do that. Well, the next morning, it got time for the hike down. And I start down because I know where I'm going. I know this is trail like the back of my hands. And I'm just 
kind of going because I'm ready. I'm ready, you know, for some hot eggs and biscuits and stuff like that back at the cabin. And I start to think to myself as I hear the laughter and whatever of kids groaning down the hill, whatever. The adults that are with us are, you know, just hanging in there. And I start to think to myself, this doesn't look familiar. I don't, I don't really remember the, the red marker on the tree. I remember the blue markers, but I don't see any blue markers. And I don't remember the red, and well, we're going down, that's a good thing. At least we're going down. Long story short, I did get the teenagers back to the cabin. It was just about an hour and a half longer than it should have been. Because I took them through a rock quarry and whatnot and everything else. It was a beautiful, you know, scenic trip. It was just the wrong way. And there were moments where I was scared because I was like, I don't know anywhere that I am right now. And that was before the old GPS phones where you can do whatever. We prayed a lot. How do you stay on the right path? How do you stay on the path of the Lord? The Word of God. I'm just telling you, church, I know that you probably feel like every Sunday I hear, you need to be in the Bible. Let me go ahead and break this to you. I hope that I say that every Sunday. Because God literally gave you and I His Word and if you're doing anything in this world without His Word, it's futile. You're going to be in your own power and you're going to miss His power. You're going to miss His wisdom. You're going to miss His truth and His way. The path of the Lord begins in His Word. The Spirit of God. Walking and living in the Spirit of God. Prayer and fasting. The Holy Spirit of God is here with us. We've talked about where Jesus lives, where God the Father is. They're on the throne right now. Both of them together. One day the Father will look at the Son and say, go get your bride. That hasn't happened yet. While that has not happened, the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, equal parts God, is here with us. Walk and live in the Spirit, church. You will be on the path. The wisdom of God. Trusted mentors. Pastors, teachers, equippers, disciplers. People that have gone before you. Parents. Encouragers. The waiting on God. You know God's leading you in a direction. You know you're supposed to be on the path, but you hadn't heard what your next step is. The waiting on God. Scripture talks about this. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We wait on the Lord. While you wait, you serve like a waiter or a waitress. You just get fired up and excited about serving God. You know, we find God's truth in all different places, don't we? Does anybody like to wait in here? Does anybody just love waiting? 
How about this? Is, is anybody say it's hard? Any hands? Well, Tom Petty said the waiting is the hardest part. Okay? We find the truth in different places. And I'm like singing that song going, man, God, would you just come on? Listen to me. When you're on the path and you're waiting, He's teaching you. He's teaching you those things you need to know. Those things you need to do to get to the next step, the next place. Then, the path of the Lord includes the obedience to God. This obviously is the most important thing. I want to flip, a, I want to flip one of these. I said the Spirit of God second. That needs to be first. Because that's God here on earth. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, the wisdom of God, the waiting on God, and the obedience to God. I want to encourage you. If you want to walk in the path of the Lord, those are the, those are the ways to do it. Number four. At the end of this, it's almost like he takes a curveball and, and, and changes direction and goes somewhere different, but he really doesn't. Sin will cause you to stumble and fall. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. I'm going to read to you a story from Matthew 22 through 33. Listen to this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back to the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Do not be afraid. He said, Take courage, I am here. Then Simon Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. The scripture in Hosea says, But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Sin will cause you to stumble and fall. The sin of Peter here, you'd say, well, that's not really a sin, right? What does is, what is, um, Paul talk about sin? Paul talks about sin as missing the mark. It's the bullseye term. The, the center is, is, is what God wants us to hit. Anywhere but the center is amartia, missing the mark. It's the word sin. The sin was simple. Peter got excited about what God was doing and took the credit for himself. Look at me walking on the water. Oh no. He began to sink because he took his eyes off the Lord. He began to sink because he was trying to walk on the water in his power, not in God's power. This message is for us. Those who have ears, let them hear. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. 
The paths of the Lord are true and right. The righteous people live by walking in them. But those paths, sinners stumble. In those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Let's pray together. Lord, we know there seems to be a constant struggle between obedience and walking in the flesh. We know there seems to be this battle between putting on your wisdom and acting like we've arrived in our own. Oh, Heavenly Father, be glorified in us. Restore us. Redeem us. Let us walk in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.